It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. Welcome in Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. We've Cofield, Adam Hill. We don't have a number one for a big four, so there better be something really dramatic in the CFP. That's what I was expecting <laughs> to talk about, and they better not draw it out too long. Or we can't do our traditional big four at four. We'll be lost. Are you going to be okay? You kind so, of set it up already. So you'd like, to, you'd like to see Alabama at four or Ohio State at four? Yeah. I'd like to see Bama great. jumped. It'd be great. They do need a little bit of drama. It is a TV show. Of course it is. And that's why we barely pay attention to it until the very end. Don't pay any. Well, I try not to. And then you guys sucker me in every single time. I say we put ESPN on our lone TV in here instead of uh, local news. So... This will be one of the weeks we actually watch the CFP release. How about that? Adam Hill is here. He's a company. Ari is steering the ship. It's Cofield. Good hour on the way. Miles Simmons on the NFL, Pro Football Talk, and Peacock. So we'll get into Lamar Jackson, kind of shacked in a fool again on social media. I don't like it. I think you got to be above it. But first, big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. I feel like you held back the entire show yesterday. I wasn't in for much of the show, but did you ever get to some of the hires over the weekend in college football? No. So Matt Rule, that's one big story. Matt Rule goes from the Panthers to Nebraska, as many people thought he would. So I think he's leaving most of the money from the Panthers on the cutting room floor. But the thing that got me was... God almighty, this guy is awesome, and what an agent. He got another eight-year deal. Yeah. How dumb and desperate is Nebraska? Like, I think Matt Rule is a good coach, but what if they have to blow him out in three years? Like, they seemingly do to everybody. Well, also... Eight-year deal? And also... For a college football coach? Also speak about this, even though I will say I didn't see it. I just heard somebody else talking about it, and apparently he was saying, we're just we're going to play traditional football, and we're going to run the ball, like... I would not hire that. Even though I think Matt Rule is a great coach, uh, as soon as you say that, I'm out. I don't want that. Who knows? Maybe he's pleasing the masses. If Nebraska fans are dumb enough, they need to hear that they're <laughs> going to play power football. <laughs> it's not 1974, right? Man. I mean, in the Big Ten, you can survive doing it. Although, I think we have changes coming to the point where the East-West thing's not going to matter anymore. The divisions, and and it shouldn't. I mean, I, this year is the perfect proof. Enough's enough. Hope- Penn, Penn State would have freaking destroyed the West and they're the third best team in the East. So everyone moving forward needs to go to the one, two matchup in their championship games. Like, like uh, the PAC 12 was doing yeah. oh, no yeah, more division sure. bull crap for sure. And sorry, I, because we now have it on in the studio and I, I hate it, but again, they showed the committee room and they're sit, sitting around crunching the numbers, breaking everything down. And they, they scan across and the first guy they show, I don't even know who it is. He's got to be a 95-year-old white dude. Like, okay, well, I guess maybe he's just still on the committee. And you start scanning over. The next guy's 97, white guy. And then you have a like 103-year-old white guy. Like, what? These are who's picking? Oh, I can't. It's, it's number Stop. one. Stop. It's number one of the big four. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The other note of um, higher of note and we know Arizona State hired a 32-year-old, so that should make you happy since you're an ageist. Sure. Um, you. How do you say his first name? 
you yeah that's how i say it freeze who found forgiveness at liberty good dude he is back in the sec with auburn i watched the press conference he is a really eloquent like motivational speaker and he was very smart when he talked about faith he pivoted it to believing in something bigger than you He's, which which I like that message but if we go back in time what's the big problem with Mr. Freeze uh that he is he, he likes to cover up as many things as he can right. and he preaches one thing sure. and plays another sure he's he's also he's John Goodman from Righteous Gemstones I feel like I think he's worse so do I but I think But that's, you're right he he actually kind of did live a gemstone life yeah you gemstone you can we just go with that? Can everyone just get the reference now? Coach Gemstone at Auburn. So we got the Auburn job. He's doing the press conference. Of course, everyone there is going to be a complete pansy and not ask him about his past issues, which got him, it almost seemed like a lifetime ban from the SEC, the conference. And, well, I'll say the conference was embarrassed. We know what the conference is about, though. Ole Miss, if they didn't have to fire him, they would have been fine with all the hookering and stuff. Of course. Um, it's just... It's the hypocrisy out of it all, uh, standing on a pedestal and talking about faith. Uh, but then, you know, folks like this can immediately flip it to, and he did. He did. He immediately flips it to, when someone asked him a question about getting a chance to get back in the SEC and what about this second chance for you, he immediately went the Gruden route. Remember what Gruden did in front of, like, the LSU touchdown club where he, he gave a quick answer and then turns it to the audience. He's like, I'm sure all of you haven't been perfect in life. That's that is not the way to answer this question. No. And and you gemstone did that at his press conference where he's like, well, I mean, no one in this room has been without a second chance. You know what, Mr. Gemstone? Maybe some folks have been pretty damn virtuous. Have actually led the life that you claimed to have been leading while you were leading young men. And oftentimes, I think pointing down at people from a pedestal. That's what angers people. Listen. I, I, I understand men can do certain things. Football coaches can be gross pigs, some of them. All right? But when you come back, I don't need to hear about, oh, wait. Wait, I did something wrong now? Why, why, why are you? We're asking you about have you learned and can you be a leader of young people? Should parents trust you to deliver on the field and off the field what you preach? That's all. Can you be trusted? Yeah, I don't have any problem with. Go back to hookers again at Auburn. I don't. Yeah. I really don't care. No. But give as much full disclosure as you can, and don't be freaking castigating and condemning others for bad behavior. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I don't have a problem with anybody, male or female, acting like a what did you just call a, a gross pig? Uh, Being a moral jackass. Of I don't care. Of course, I am. I, I don't care. It's the it's the preaching and You're then right, doing. We it. all are. Yeah, but actually. Well, Ari's not, but but you you can't answer questions like that by immediately putting people who are asking the question on defense. That's bullcrap, and it's weak. Yeah, of and course, it shows an insecurity. It actually kind of shows you haven't changed. What's well, before and after? It's it's doing it afterwards. Of yeah, sure, I made mistakes, but so did you. But it's the before of I I am not like that. I am I am righteous and I'm above and I'm really not. Like I don't care if you aren't. I don't care if you're dirty, disgusting, whatever. Just don't pretend like you're not. And don't lecture other people for doing that. And by the way, on a side note, because now I'm seeing people fight back a little bit of like, hey, look, if we're going to stop hiring anybody that had an affair to be a coach, we're out of coaches. It's not that. 
I don't care about any of that stuff. Mm. It's it's the way that he was doing it, the way that he was doing it financially too. And by the way, there are it's not that hard to find. People have posted DMs that he sent them of their, you know, looking and doing stories of sexual abuse and that sort of thing, and then he's attacking the people that are trying to find out the truth about those cases. That's the problem. Those are the issues. Not, hey, look, a guy cheated on his wife. Yeah, we probably would oh, so run you, out of people. So you think he's also a football, uh, win a, football a, games at all costs guy, too? He's an our so, so he's not even going to protect people on no. campus? No. Hmm, interesting. Number three. Now, the flip side of that, I think most of the time, is Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones, without, like, outward, you know, outwardly admit it, Jerry Jones will, will cater to problem people, right? Sure. I didn't like his answer last week about standing on the steps in Little Rock, but whatever. I was just an onlooker. I was curious. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did not look like an onlooker in the no, photo. No, you look like you were fully participating in terrorizing these poor African-American kids just trying to freaking integrate a school. But the, the look on his face. Yeah. The, the latest with Odell Beckham and his incident on the plane, which, again, he came off as, you know, the righteous indignation from someone completely and totally in the wrong. It looks like the Cowboys are like, we don't care. We don't care that he was a nuisance on a plane, that who knows what he's taking, why he was passing out. We don't care. We just want football players. But, and that's consistent with their actions. I also don't really know what happened on the plane. I think there's still a lot of questions. So, And, and part of it was, hey, as soon as they, as soon as they came on and said, hey, you got to get off, and he got off. Yeah, and then he gets off. We saw the video of him walking out. And So do you, think, do you think the way it was delivered by the airplane personnel, the airline personnel, I have no idea. There was something there. I have no idea. But I've, I've seen this happen on planes of like, who I'm not saying that he took something. I'm saying I've seen people that have taken something to fall asleep and they're sleeping and everybody's like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And they're like, what, what, what is going on? Yeah, just to put on a seatbelt. Yeah. Like, wait, what, what? And they don't know where they are. And they're like, wait, I don't even know what you're t- telling me. Right. Now, if it was me, I think I'm pretty sure I would gather my thoughts and say, oh yeah, I got you. No problem. Right. But click. I, but I don't know. Like, did they come at him and like start screaming at him? And he's like, "Hold on, but right. what are you doing?" I, I'm not saying he did. I'm so absolutely not so making maybe the, the case. Cowboys have the whole story and they're good with the real Possibly. story. Possibly, or, or they don't or, care. Or Jerry Jones just doesn't care. Or they don't care. He wants to win. He's just an onlooker. Right. He's not going to fake it like uh, you, Gemstone. Number two. Is the NFL going to do anything about this uh, extra player just running on the field for the Seahawks? No. On Sunday? No. The hell was going on? They just missed the call. Well, these you talked about what 95, 97, 103 year old on the CFP committee, NFL officials sometimes. Now we're allowed to just run guys onto the field well, they, during a return. They clearly dismissed it. Uh, now I think the the outrage it should be outrage. Well, if they lost, I'm sure it would be even a little bit more different. Uh, but the the also misunderstanding of a lot of people are saying the interception wouldn't have counted. They wouldn't have got those seven points. That's not true. It just oh Alabama six, uh, they just would have they just would have been penalized five yards from the spot where he entered the field, and then they would have moved on because it was post possession, and it's only an illegal substitution unless there's an egregious uh, an egregious act committed by that person. Uh, then there's also a very obscure rule in the NFL, which has almost never been implemented, of just uh, I think it's palpably unfair is the term. Where a referee just has full discretion to do whatever he wants and say, hey, that's a touchdown. Even though he didn't score, we're calling it a touchdown. They can pretty much do whatever they want, but it has to be the utmost of egregious mistakes or or uh, cheating. So uh, this would just would have been a five-yard penalty. It's more so anything than it's just funny. And what happened, if you haven't seen it, 
is on the first interception, first play of the game, register an interception. Uh, the defensive back goes down to the ground with the interception, and everybody kind of thinks the play is over for a second. And one of the Seahawks players who's on the sideline runs on the field to celebrate. And as he gets on the field, he realizes, oh, no, the play's still going. Yes. So then he starts running up the field like he's going to block. Then he actually stopped himself from, from blocking. He didn't really get involved. But uh, it was pretty funny to watch it happen and to watch absolutely nothing done in terms of the, the referees on the field. Number one. Where they stalled and stalled and stalled. So six on down in the CFP. Alabama is six. Ohio State is five. TCU, check that. USC is four. TCU is three. You'll have Georgia at number one and Michigan at number two. So Ohio State is virtually guaranteed to get in. They don't have to play another game. And now they just have to root for TCU or USC to lose. I assume would a a close TCU loss to K-State allow TCU somehow to just to stay in move down to four good question is that the drama now you uh, is that the chaos you were looking for I want, I want Alabama's them. at six I don't think there's any way they can jump Alabama having oh, we'll you know, no game this week oh we'll see what would it, what would it take USC and TCU get just getting blown out perhaps or and or then that knocks them out and they move two teams up or just jump them next week based on what it's arbitrary we saw something this week that we didn't like from USC and TCU. The guys in the committee are 150 years old. They can just say they forgot where they had number three last last week. I don't like your ageist approach on this. I just beg guys not to get into the Twitter world right after the game, especially after a loss. It's never going to be positive. It's not going to be a nice place. I think that's kind of reflected in Lamar's response because what he said was just so out of character for him. That's not the way he speaks. It's not the way he talks. It's not the words he ever uses. I've never heard him say things like that before. Cofield and Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Wait, I don't get that defense. Is that was the tweet fake? Then it's not how he talks. I've never heard him talk like that. But he's done it repeatedly. Right. Just put silly you stuff up on Twitter. Just because you don't talk like that to your boss doesn't mean that's not how you talk. Miles Simmons is in. I mean, this is such a dumb topic, but I do think it's important. Lamar Jackson and his maturity sometimes on social media. Are we blowing this up too much? That was Harbaugh on the way back. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was – my thought was the same thing that Adam just said. Like, you, why would you talk to your boss like that? You, you wouldn't, but you would probably say <laughs> stuff like that to your friends, you know? <laughs> Tell them to eat stuff that they're not really sure. necessarily supposed to eat, right? But, like, I mean – Unless you want to, in which case you can. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I that just, one. that's. Yeah. That could have been trouble. That could have been the end of the Peacock run. That was it. Uh, as uh, they said in a, what, a 90 show, not that there's anything wrong with that, because there isn't. Anyway, I just, I don't know. Give me the next topic before Miles. I dig myself into an even further, bigger hole. You already did just dig yourself into a bigger hole. I know. Did you say a, Did you say a 90 show? It's Seinfeld. I know. Well, I just, I know, but Seinfeld's not on Peacock, which is why oh, I, I yeah. did it like that. But it's you know? an NBC property. It is, but it's on, it's, it's on a different sure. streaming service. Okay. I get you. But, the, but Peacock is the exclusive streaming home of the office it is. and also PFT live, which I co-host on Monday mornings. So, you know, I watch, there we go. I watch the office every day. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, every day. Wow. I've, I've been watching a lot of friends lately. Speaking of NBC shows, it's just oh, on TBS. It's good. That that's the most offensive thing you said well. since we started this. <laughs> uh, 
Should, I mean, should, you know, we're we're talking about Lamar, but not to go back to the that topic again, but I will. Uh, I mean, should it have any bearing on their commitment to him long term? No, because, again, Lamar Jackson usually has better self-control on social media than that. I think most players do. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast out of Cleveland earlier today, and the, one of the hosts was talking about how he, he was talking to Brian Hoyer in 2014, and Hoyer was talking about how he just had to delete Twitter off of his phone because it, there's nothing that's positive that's going to come from it. And, I mean, if you could say that in 2014, you know, it's certainly true now in 2022. So I, I think, you know, there's not much of a net gain a lot of times for athletes on something like Twitter, you know, where people just have sort of unfiltered access to you and you can let people have that kind of access to you. Um, so it's a learning experience for Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it certainly is not a good look and it's not something you should have done. Uh, you mentioned Cleveland. Is Am I the only one that's irrationally excited about Deshaun Watson versus the Texans this week? Uh, like in what way? I cannot wait. I, I want to see what happens. I Me either. Plays. I, I I'm excited. I don't bet NFL games six days in advance. I already bet it. What did you bet? The dog. He's going to be terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that he's going to be very not good. Yep. I, I, for, for a number of different reasons. A, being that it's 700 days, basically, <laughs> since his last NFL game. So I don't know how, even against the Dogwater Texans, they, like you're not going to look very good. I mean, even in those few plays that he played against the Jaguars in that preseason game, I mean, you could tell just how rusty he was. Now, maybe he gets into a rhythm in the second half of that game and things become interesting. And look, the, the Browns should be able to run the ball against Houston, so... It's not like you're necessarily going to need an elite game or elite performance out of Deshaun Watson for them to win that game. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to look very good throwing it. I really don't. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the stands too, from a uh, rooting against Deshaun Watson standpoint. Uh, I will say that I don't often get too worked up about the fantasy projections on some of the sites, which are often terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, but CBS essentially has Deshaun Watson. Having like the kind of game like Jalen Hurts had last week, uh, with almost like 200 points in fa- or excuse me, uh, like 30, 40 points in fantasy, it's it's crazy, it's nuts. He's because not because if he's that. gonna because he's gonna run. I mean, if you were to make the argument that Deshaun Watson could run for a hundred yards, I might actually buy that because that means he's not throwing it right. And the old saying goes, when you throw it. Three things can happen, and two of them are bad. <laughs> so at least if he's running, you're you're eliminating a couple of those bad things. Although he could fumble. Sure. Uh, no question. Uh, is I was trying to get a segue that's better, but uh, okay. is who's who's going to have a better week, Deshaun Watson or Jeff Saturday? This experiment is it's it's nearing being over. Well, right, and there's a reason why coaches are coaches and television analysts are television <laughs> analysts. And, and I say that with all due respect to Jeff Saturday, who obviously was a very, very good and productive center in the league for a long time. But when you are already behind the eight ball as a head coach, and then you put your you are put even further behind the eight ball because you have an assistant quarterbacks coach calling offensive plays. I mean, these are the kinds of results that you're going to get. That Colts offense was already really bad. And they didn't make it any better by putting in Jeff Saturday and Parks Frazier, who's younger than me and is calling plays for an offensive team, which makes me upset a little. <laughs> but it's just something that you know I'm going to have to accept as I continue to get older. Um, but yeah, it, it this is what we all expected, right? Jeff Saturday to make these kinds of mistakes on the sideline because he's not a coach. 
He's a he's a former player. And, you know, when you have Matt Ryan, who shouldn't be running the ball, but he does run the ball sometimes and he gets knocked over and he's not calling a timeout. You, you have to manage these end of game situations a little bit better. It's not like Jeff Saturday's calling offensive plays. I mean, that's on him. He's got to be able to do that better. Kudos to him for admitting it. But, you know, this is not head coaches and on the job training doesn't usually work out very well. You have to be prepared and ready for it. Ask Nathaniel Hackett. Jeff Saturday's so bad that him him actually winning a game has inspired the Raiders turnaround. <laughs> well, I mean, two overtime games for the Raiders, and you know, kudos to Josh Jacobs, man, what a performance that was. I mean, to have uh, three hundred and three yards from scrimmage, set a new rushing record, a single game rushing record. It's weird because I mean, you know, Adam, at the beginning of the season or before the season when Josh McDaniels kept being like, yeah, we're not trading Josh Jacobs. And I would come on here and I'd be like, no, I don't believe you because you played him in the hall of fame game. And lo and behold, look where we are. You know, we're heading into December and Josh Jacobs is leading the league in rushing. So what do I know? Uh, they didn't pick up his option. So that, right. That yes. That to, was a big part of the, well, but will, will they pay him? A, you know what this reminds me of honestly is DeMarco Murray in what was that? 2014, 2013, 2014 with the Cowboys where he led the league in rushing and they let him go. And you know, everybody was like, well, why would you do that? And the answer is because he's a running back and that's not a fun thing to say. And it doesn't make me feel good having covered Josh Jacobs rookie year and you know, knowing the kind of guy he is and the kind of player that he is. But I, I just, I find it, I still find it hard to believe that after they don't pick up the option on Josh Jacobs and they are running him as they are, I mean, they're really going to pick him up. And knowing that history of those two dudes and Ziegler and McDaniels from New England, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see them signing Josh Jacobs to a lucrative long term deal. Miles Simmons, pro football talk, and check him out on Peacock uh, and, and Twitter everywhere, just all over the place. Uh, the the Jaguars still hate Urban Meyer, and that was that was uh, <laughs> yeah. brought up once again because after the game, uh, the big win that the Jaguars had, uh, you had safety Andrew Wingard basically say, "I'm so happy for Trevor because he had to deal with Urban Meyer last year." How much of a mess was Urban Meyer that players are still just angry about this? I mean, it's understandable, right? That was one of the biggest disasters that we've ever seen in the NFL. And it, especially coming from somebody who was so effective as a college coach. I mean, he's won multiple national championships. So it's not like Urban Meyer doesn't have any kind of coaching pedigree at all. He didn't work in the NFL for several, several reasons. And one of them apparently being that he just thought he could waltz right in and treat everybody like crap. And then everybody would still respond like, no, these are professionals. These aren't 18 to 22 year olds that are just going to listen to you despite whatever BS you decide to spout. So yeah, I think it was very clear in the moment how awful things were for Trevor Lawrence as a number one overall pick. But it is kind of funny now that you are hearing players literally say exactly how bad it was and the kind of scars that were left even a year later. Let's hit a couple of games with Miles Simmons before uh, Miles is out of here. Should the Raiders be favored against the Chargers this week at home? They're getting two. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, they're playing better and the chargers don't really inspire much confidence from me. I mean, they beat the Cardinals, but what does that mean? Um, and they needed a last second effort to do it. So maybe if I had told you before the season that the Rams would be getting over a touchdown at home against the Seahawks, 
what would you what would you have said and like how bad has this gone in terms of results on the field and also the injuries for the Rams? Well, I would have said that, well, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald probably aren't playing, right? And uh, Cooper Cup's not either, right? And that's exactly what's going on. So, yeah, they're, they haven't put the same five starting offensive linemen out there on the field. I mean, they don't have any weapons at this point, except for maybe Tyler Higby, who, you know, he's getting a little older. I mean, my gosh, it's just, it's really, really ugly. I keep hearing from people, and, and including someone on our show who's not bought in on the Eagles, and I saw you tweeting about the Eagles a couple of days ago and their run game. I don't. Yeah. What, what do we have to buy into? If you can run like that and you can stop the run, then the Eagles are legit. I'm not saying they're the best team in football, but they ain't the 10th best. No, they're certainly not. And look, anytime you're doing something that has not been done since 1948 when like they were running wing T offense or whatever, that that tells you a lot. I mean, the the fact that the Eagles ran all over the Packers like that, it, it tells me a lot about their offensive line. And they can win in different ways. I mean, they still got uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and they can run they can run it and they can throw it and they can play good defense. So, I I'm the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC for sure. 15 seconds left. What do you got, Adam? Uh, yeah, why would the Broncos wish Russell Wilson happy birthday on Twitter? Why would they do that to him? Wow. Because they just had to, and I just <laughs> wanted to see the replies. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Miles, thank you. We appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Have a good week. Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. You have a good week as well. Battleborn Sports Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 876 1400. How would you describe the final minutes of play? It felt like there was a lot of extra time there. Yeah, I mean, with this new injury time, counting every second, it's it's stressful. I think I have less hair on my head now. But um, we'll, we'll take it and we'll move on and, and go battle hard. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. USA Soccer wins 1 nothing. We kind of Ripped them apart a little bit in hour number one just for the lack of aggression in the second half and so many opportunities for Iran because of the lack of aggression. But they won, and they had a win because of the lack of aggression in the Wales game in the second half. But they're on. They moved on. So that's good. That's a positive. Burr Halter there commenting on the next game. I know you said earlier that style of uneven play coming out balls to the wall in the first and then conservative in the second, no shot. Zero against the Dutch. Yeah, if you, again, it, getting a lead would be great. Right. So, so yes, but I mean, if if would you if like them the to play? Would you the like them to play for a draw through eighty-five minutes and then and then go? Actually, I I would be all for playing for a draw in every match going forward. Because I, I do believe they'll have an advantage in shootouts. Do tell. Turner's awesome. Okay. So, all right, all right. So, I mean. Because my question was going to be, will there be anyone who will be upright and ready to go? Because we, again, today heard about fitness. And it was you know, apparently super hot. And that's the whole deal with Qatar. Yeah. Uh, but also some humidity. But guys look completely gassed at the end of the game. He's he's really good on, uh, on penalties. So, uh, I, I think for the most part, if you say. For for several of these matches coming forward, I think you probably have a better chance of winning a shootout than you do over a course of ninety minutes. But in terms, of if you have a lead and you go into a shell, uh, like other, there was enough chances today that you would think other better, more skilled teams 
would be able to take advantage of those chances. Do you think our keeper is that good? Yeah. And he is a guy who plays on the worldwide stage, right? Yeah. yeah. At the highest level. Well, he doesn't play much there, but yeah, he's, he's over at Arsenal. So yeah, yeah. But I think it would be, I think it would be, I think they have a better, I'm not saying it's automatic, but I think you, you probably take your chances in a shootout for the most part going forward against some of these teams you're going to be playing. This show's chubby. Ari's not, but this show's chubby. And you do lit- you you do literally you, brought a bunch of food into the show today. I did. Uh, when <laughs> when you see fit people, but especially like parents that are basically just breeding because they're superhuman beings. Sure. Jesse James and former NFL player Eric Decker, and you see their kids and they're all like rocked up. Do you get mad? Because a lot of people get mad, and I don't really understand it. I'm not jealous of people who have better genetics than me or work harder than me to stay in shape. I know what I am and where I came from. You know, I didn't hit the genetics lottery. Sorry, mom and dad, but I just didn't. So I think there's two. They weren't washboard abs. Can I just stop them? What am I doing? Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, uh, for Thanksgiving weekend, I don't think the kids were allowed to eat. Um, and that, those were kind of the jokes. Like uh, Eric Decker's got two kids with this, uh, three kids with this lady, two of them boys, and they're like, Nine, five, and seven with I think the girls in the middle and like all abs at under nine years old and yeah. people were like, "What is going on? Yeah. This is so unhealthy." I'm like, "It's it's healthier than having some you know 185 pound nine year old." Well, I I actually think the the issue that a lot of people had because again it's a it's a photo of the three kids of the Deckers on the beach looking <laughs> jacked. They they have like 12 packs, and the issue that a lot of people had is. Nobody believes it's real, and I don't. I kind of uh, don't either. You think either. now we're airbrushing, right? That kids. they use they use some app to oh, to airbrush no. abs onto these kids, and then Jesse James was like, "You think I would do that?" Yeah, maybe, maybe, because <laughs> it looks like it. Because like a, a lot of people were just saying, "I don't have kids, I have no idea," but a lot of people were like, "My kids literally run and lift things and run around all the, mm-hmm. all day, and none of them have a, a not, ounce of of abs like that." You're not Eric Decker. You're not Jesse James. Be better. You're not a country singer's kid, apparently. Rough break. But if they Photoshop that, that's kind of gross. It is. I don't know where they would ever get that from. There's from from Mr. Reality TV guy over here. That's all he watches. There's an app that closes closes everyone's eyes. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. All right, we'll look into it. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, let's bring in Sam from Nesson, Fox Sports, betting expert, better, also watchdog. Sam, are we getting more reports of um, sort of wimpiness from books around the country? In this case, it was what, a college basketball future where they really wouldn't take any money for it? Good to be back with you, Mr. Cofield. I hope Thanksgiving was good. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a friend of mine who bets pretty well. He lives in Colorado. And um, full disclosure, because context gets lost on Twitter, there's only 280 characters or whatever. Um, this is an account that had Kansas last year at 20 to 1. I think you bet a nickel or a dime at 20 to 1. And Kansas goes on, wins the whole thing. So this year, um, him and I decided, you know, we like Texas. So he logs into this account mm-hmm. and tries to bet 1,000 on Texas at 18 to one. And the book spins around, spins around wheel of death denied. And then the counter is, we'll give you 250 bucks, which whatever, you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. How much should books be taking? But the problem is Steve, 
is that the book used the information from said good account, hot account, whatever, and decides to take the $250 bet to win $4,500, but move the line from 18 to 1 to 12 to 1. That is so suspect, man. That's, you know, we don't want to take your bets, but we will take your information and we will move our price $6. That, that sucks. They let him bet it at 18 to 1, though, right? It, it, it wasn't like a forced bet at 12 to 1. They took eighteen to one for two fifty. Right, right again, the then, the bet that was you and, know, then, and then and then move it in was, case you wanted to put more money down. Yeah, I get it. And at that point, you're not going to bet twelve to one because there were some fifteen to ones out there. But I've I've actually dealt with some people, and again, we're not going to name names here because we don't pick books off on your show anymore. But I know people that have made similar wagers. Say they bet something at thirty to one, or tried to bet something five hundred thirty to one. Not only will they not take the five hundred dollar bet. When they deny you, they claim to have the ability to move the 30 to 1 to 15 to 1. That's just, I mean, that's absurd. And, you know, Jeff Benson, very good follow on Twitter. He works in operations at Circa. He's like, if you can't take a $1,000 bet at 18 to 1 in November right. on a college basketball future book, you shouldn't be in business. Right. Well, which is a good marketing move by Jeff and Circa to always put that message out there. Do you guys, do you have portions or blocks on Nesson where you go after books by name? No, we can't. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Which we don't like to, but the problem is, and, and and this is the kind of the wrestling match with ethics and staying in business and making money, right? The, these books have so much money. They're pouring so much money into partnerships with media outlets. Sometimes... It basically eliminates down-the-middle reporting. <laughs> Which is ironic because they have all this money, but they can't take a dime on 18 right, to 1. It's right. fascinating. <laughs> wow. um, no, but I mean, look, you guys you guys have been on my show, both of you. You've both been guests on Chicken Dinner, and you've heard Chicken Dinner. And, you know, before I got out to Nesson, and I'm kind of peeling the curtain back a little bit, before I got to Nesson, I was uh, basically an independent contractor, and I could go after whoever I wanted. And, you know, talk about DraftKings doing this and FanDuel doing this and MGM doing this. But guess what, Steve? Now that I work for a television network, those are all potential partners. Yep. So I how how dare I think about even questioning any of the above board stuff that they're all doing? Did you bet the USA soccer game today? I took the draw. Didn't work out for me. Although the way the U.S. played, I thought I was going to get the draw because, man, they went into a shell in the second half. I went under two at plus one thirty, right. plus one twenty. There you go. So one nothing. I was I was rooting. I'll admit this. I was rooting for zero zero because it's just it's so fun to me. I mean, look, the Americans are getting better. They have young talent, but when you compare the USA to Brazil or Spain or Argentina or Germany, they're not anything special and i you know that's the problem i was going back and forth with a buddy of mine because i told him like the, the usa stinks like they have good young players but they have no finishers nobody could put the ball in the back of the net they have one guy pulisic who scored today and oh you hate america no i don't i'm just I, the americans aren't good at soccer yet let's give them time i think four years from now it's a different conversation but we should not be celebrating a one nothing win over perennial power iran Number top twenty team in the world, and by the way, you mentioned Germany, who may be watching the U.S.'s game from home. Whatever. How about that? It's Iran. <laughs> yes. You should beat no. Iran. 
It also depends on which pool you're put in. Some of them were super pools, and USA's was uh, certainly manageable. Um, what was not manageable is the way the super contest went for you this last weekend. Man, the margin on this between winning and losing and being up where you need to be 67% or above is crazy. How'd your weekend go? Oh, thanks for bringing it up. I appreciate <laughs> well, it. I just got over it, but I will gladly dive back inside. Yeah, I ripped open the wound and it healed. Let me go. Well, I was just staring into space on Sunday night, and my girlfriend's like, are you okay? I'm like, you don't understand. It's okay. I'll be fine tomorrow. Let me give you the quick shot sheet. Plus six and a half, lost by seven. Plus four and a half, lost by six. Plus 13 and a half, lost by 15. Minus three, win by one. Four losses by a combined five and a half points. And I did the math on this because I had some brainiacs on Twitter say, that's not that's not unlucky. It's just, you know, it's luck these, of the draw. These I'm things like, happen. Dude, there's, yeah. a, there's a 5% chance yeah. that I can lose four decisions by five and a half points. 5%. I thought it would be lower. Clearly, I'm over it. <laughs> I thought it would be lower. Know, right? It's unbelievable. And, you know, this is on the heels of me losing Jets plus three and a half last week um, against the Patriots. And there, it's three to three with 30 seconds to go. You know, that's going to be a 6-3 final either way in overtime. Nobody's moving the ball. And then the Patriots have a punt return touchdown. I'm in that situation now where I don't know what to do. What's up is down. What's down is up. I was tied for 37th, um, one eight and one in the last two weeks, and I, I could make a case. I know you know nobody wants to hear me whine about my own contest, but of the eight losses, I would say four of them were the right side, and that's when it sucks because when you're close and you lose these coin flips, those are the ones that could unravel you mentally. And I'm looking at the board right now; I'm terrified. I don't even want to look at. <laughs> Sam Paniatovich with us, Nesson. Fox Sports. What was the best thing you had at Thanksgiving? Best item? Stuffing covered in gravy. That's Easy. amazing. That's amazing. That's mine, too. The stuffing I had was the best. Hill? What about you, Hill? I think he boycotted. I didn't, I didn't boycott. Th Thursday is my long writing day. I was actually in the Raiders team facility until... Did they serve Thanksgiving meal for you guys? No. Why not? It's the least in, they could do. In the media room? I was by myself in the media room. Oh, my God. Uh, watching Thursday Night Football and writing. Do we have a sad holiday oh, song we can play for? A hero. I was. Uh, You're a hero. Yeah. On. Uh, I was out. I was actually. You are out, a hero. I was out Friday at our spot, a spot that you love here, Oasis. I actually had some turkey on Friday night when I was uh, with some friends around uh, at Oasis. Yeah. Okay. Oasis is a, a legendary spot. Legend. Sure. Make sure you spell it right too. It's O apostrophe A C E S, sure. not not Oasis like the band. Correct. correct. Yes. Correct. Very correct. By the way, I will shout them out as well. We had a big uh, birthday party there on uh, Sunday night. So, uh, John, I won't give his nickname out on the air, but he can debilitate you when you're drinking. Uh, John, John uh, put together a great party for us, so it was awesome. Cool They place. always do. They yes, always do. Yeah, they nailed it. The food was super great. All right. Adam wants absolute chaos and some wild stuff to be going on with the next CFP rankings. I think Utah is going to take out USC. What do you think is going to happen? Whew. I wish, buddy. I wish I could get behind this. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I have bet on Utah the last two years <laughs> yeah. in their three biggest games. And the ones from this year stand out like a sore thumb. I had Utah plus one against Florida, 
when rising through, what, three picks in the swamp and they lost on the final play. And then I bet those bums again. I had them. Who did they just lose to um, two weeks ago? Uh, the game that rising through three more picks. Oh, Oregon, when okay. Bo Nix was, was banged up. Yep. So I just – I can't – that team is very strong, is an underdog. They're great in that role. But, man, do they suck when they're supposed to win. Uh, is LSU just dead in the water, dream crusher, no energy, catching now 17-and-a-half against Georgia? I would not bet the dog. I'm probably going to pass the game, to be honest. That feels like an under. I like under 51 in that game. Um, but let me go back to your question because you asked about chaos. What's the move for chaos? Yep. I think, Adam Hill, your move is very simple. You go money line parlay on Kansas State and on uh, Utah. You can get plus 130 on the Utes and plus 120 on K-State. That's your chaos parlay right there. When's the last time you played a parlay, Adam? You ever do it? I throw them in occasionally on the on the app because I, I I make real bets in person. I I use the apps for just kind of messing around. Okay, so I've, I've thrown some in on the app, and I'll I'll also say I my real chaos. As much as I love them, I want I want Purdue to win too. Listen to this. You ever hear anyone say this before? He's a Michigan fan. He will sacrifice Michigan shot at a national title just for the greater good of a college football playoff. That is moronic. I, whatever. I think I think I appreciate a good, you know, watch the world burn. So that's fine. But Hill, if you bet this right now, if you take these two money line dogs, you take Utah and K State money line a hundred bucks, wins you four oh five, collects five oh five. I've made worse bets. You know what I mean? You get the plus money, plus money, it you know, it ramps the price up. So I, I actually, you know what? I might do that tomorrow. I might do it. NFL Adam and I are very fired up to see the return of Deshaun Watson. I know it's a crapola game. What do you think happens? Cleveland well, 7 over the Texans. I know. I mean, look, if I didn't have the freaking Texans last week when they kicked the field goal down 18, I'd be all over it. But I, I'm, <laughs> here's where I'm at. I'm jaded. Yeah. I, I got 18. They're down 18. I'm getting 14, 13 and a half in the contest. It's fourth and two. And Lovey's like, you know what we need? A field goal. And he brings the kicker out. I'm like, what are we doing? We're down 18. It's fourth and two. Go for it. So I, Texans is probably what I would bet, but I can't go back to that team. Not after what they did to me last week. I'm still mad it didn't get flexed. I want this, I want this in prime time. Are we betting Deshaun Watson interception prop? Yes. Are yes. we doing that? Yes. I'm I'm already on the Texans plus the seven because I I like Deshaun Watson. I think he's a good quarterback, but I, I just I don't think he's going to be good after all this time. I, I want to find a like a long shot prop on Deshaun four plus touchdowns. That would be amazing. Just to go nuts. Okay, so you guys are you guys are just stretching this in every which way. The problem is, Steve, when you take seven with the Texans, you have your money on the worst team in the NFL. One win this season. It's okay. It's okay. I, I, it's I, I, not okay. I, I trust it's not that okay. I trust that Watson's going to be terrible. We'll we'll revisit this. More Believe importantly, me. Deshaun yeah. back in Houston, he should be very relaxed. Ooh, <laughs> strong one to close, huh? Uh, best game of the week. What do you want to do with Miami and San Francisco for? Watch it, enjoy it. This is a potential Super Bowl matchup. Yes, I just said that. I was actually looking at MGM. They have this at I think forty to one exact Super Bowl. So I might bet a little bit of that. Um, probably take four with Miami. I know that'll probably be the public side, but look, 
that Miami offense, it could be the best in the AFC, and San Francisco's defense might be the best in football. This could be a Super Bowl preview this Sunday. Amazing. I never thought I'd hear that, but they've been awesome. Both teams have been really good, and they seem like they're on the uptick. Sam, we appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. You got it. By the way, an Irish Benny is corned beef hash over the biscuits. Ooh, okay, yeah. Sam sent out an Irish Benny photo, and I was like, what is that? Only good if someone knows how to make the corned beef hash. All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way. Listen to the archives of the entire show. Reno at LBSportsNetwork.com.